Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I work from 6 o'clock at night up until 4.30 or 6 in the morning. Doing what? I, I make car parts, like fuel injectors for the cars. You make car parts. Okay, go ahead. So go yeah. on. <laughs> And so I didn't want to have to wait a whole hour and a half to come get my daughter. Like when I get off of work, I want to go pick up my kid and go home. With and so- regular people, the way it works is, oh, I guess it's not working. You take your daughter, you say goodbye, and good riddance, and it's over. How, how did this get so nasty between all of you? Why did it get so nasty? This is the plaintiff, Charmaine. She says she babysat the defendant's eight-year-old daughter for the past 14 months. And the horrible defendant called the Department of Social Services on her and claimed she was running an illegal daycare business. The defendant messed with her good name and reputation by filing a false report. And she's here suing for $1,000 for harassment and defamation of character. This is the defendant, Nicole Jones. She says she did indeed call the Department of Social Services, but didn't tell them anything that wasn't true. The plaintiff is the one who's harassing her. She's accused of making a false report. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $2,000 for harassment. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay, Ms. Charmaine, you are suing Ms. Jones for $1,000 for harassment and defamation of character. And Ms. Jones, you are one up in her on a counterclaim for $2,000 for the exact same thing. So, what happened here? How do you two know each other? We met online on uh, care.com. She messaged me. And what's uh, care.com? Um, it's a website where you can, I guess, find like babysitting or nanny jobs. Okay. So, um, but she messaged me now on that particular website. I already had like a lot of five star reviews. I'm pretty sure that's why she messaged me. Um, so then I started watching her daughter in July of last year. Okay. And how old is the daughter? Uh, eight. Okay. And uh, how, so you watched her since July of 2019 until the problem happened this September. year. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, in your state, you're from South Carolina. Are, does it require a license to watch kids or a license only if it's more than a certain number? Or how does it work? So in South Carolina, their only stipulation on why you would have to get a license is if you have more than one sibling group, that's not a relative. You can only have one unrelated uh, group of siblings at a time. Oh, by group, you mean siblings. So if she had yes, six kids... And then you had a cousin who had six kids. You could have 12 kids and not be licensed. 
That's correct. It's no statute on. The okay, I got it. Until license. Mm -hmm. All right. So then, what happens? She's paying you how much per week? It started off at seventy-five dollars per week, and then ultimately we ended at eighty dollars uh, by the time we ended our business relationship. And then, why did you end your business relationship? What occurred? So um, she was like late a lot, and even times where like we would go out of town for family trips, she would ask if we could babysit. Now I don't want to put her in a bind because she doesn't have family here. So it's been times where I would we would take her daughter with us for free, and she would still be late, come and get her. And it's like she did things like that all the time. Um, at a point in time, she was supposed to get her daughter at six forty-five a.m. When the COVID situation happened, just because she does work overnight, I was just trying to be nice. I told her I would keep her daughter for free until 9 a.m. And she can come get her just so she can get some sleep. She was late all the time, come at 9.50. So I went ahead again as a courtesy. I changed it to 10 o'clock. She still used to come late. So it's like I just got to a point with her where I'm like, it's no common courtesy. Even if I tell you you're infringing on my time, she just still would do it. Okay. All right. So, Ms. Charmaine, tell me um, exactly who tells who we, I don't want to continue with this relationship. What, I'm not going to bring my Does she say I'm not going to bring my daughter anymore? Or do you say don't bring your daughter anymore? So I basically told her instead of us doing the 7 a.m. pickup, since the other kids don't come to 7.30, I told her we've already been doing a lot of back and forth with the pickup time. So I said we can do a 7.20 pickup time since the other kids come at 7.30. Well, she went off on me pretty much about that. So then I told her, okay, if we're going to make a big deal about 20 minutes, I'd rather, you know, I gave her her money back and ended the business relationship. She then said, oh, well, I'll let you know if I want her to come back again. So I told her again, no, this not going to work because we basically arguing over 20 minutes, you know. So I told her, this not going to work, you know, take care, try to be nice about ending the business relationship. And it just literally over 20 minutes, it went south. Okay. And we'll talk about that in a second because there were emails back and forth that are very nasty. And then apparently there are some complaints that Ms. Jones files. Ms. Jones, what did you perceive to be the reason why you had to end the business relationship? So the reason why I ended the business relationship is because she kept changing the time on me. I work from 6 o'clock at night up until 4.30 or 6 in the morning. Doing what? I'm, I make car parts, like fuel injectors for the cars. You make car parts. Okay, go ahead. So go yeah. on. <laughs> and so I didn't want to have to wait a whole hour and a half to come get my daughter. Like when I get off of work, I'm going to go pick up my kid and go home. With and so regular people, the way it works is, oh, I guess it's not working. You take your daughter, you say goodbye. And good riddance, and it's over. How how did this get so nasty between all of you? Why did it get so nasty? Okay, so essentially what happened, me and Charmaine were arguing over the time. I We at first initially um, agreed upon 6.45 in the morning. My daughter came back from a whole other state. And then um, I then told her, okay, well, she could stay until noon so I could get a little extra rest. When, my, when she missed, my daughter missed her, her Google Meet with her class. And my daughter was complaining to me. Charmaine was not helping her with her homework. That's when I then told Charmaine that I wanted to go back to 6.45. She wouldn't allow me to go back to 6.45, but we agreed upon 7. That was on a Wednesday. Then two days later on a Friday, she said, oh, I'm no longer going to accommodate your 7 o'clock, that you need to come pick her up at 7.20 starting on a Tuesday. I then told her that was not going to work. 
and I told her, um, I told her that I was going to go look elsewhere for ch for um, for for ch childcare for my daughter. Okay, and oh, I will that's let her fine. Know Again, I'm gonna let me let me be more specific. I don't think I'm being specific enough. There's an email on September 13th where I guess you must have texted her or said something about I'll let you know what I'm gonna do, and she says I made it crystal clear on Friday we were done. You have no reason to contact me. I'd never work with you again, and try I tried to be nice about it. Move on! Exclamation point. I know you got both messages Friday where we said we were done. Then you write to her in all capital letters with a lot of emojis. You obviously the crazy one because you emailing me. I'm protecting myself so you don't try to come with false accusations. Best believe I'm reporting you. You are not licensed or registered to watch as many kids as you do. Your food was nasty. You didn't have to respond to my text messages. Obviously, your life is boring. But thanks for emailing me, because now I have your last name. I know your number and address to report you, and then a bunch of, like, cracking up faces like you're really laughing. Why are you reporting her, really? You're not reporting her because you care, because your daughter was there for a year, and you didn't care. Not only did you not care, you approved of it, because you sent your daughter there, who I assume you love. So you were doing it to get back at her. What did she do to you that you felt you needed to get back at her for? Okay, because the reason why is when I went to pick up my daughter at noon, she had five toddlers on the floor eating, and she had four older kids upstairs. And my daughter, and her house is very small, and so my daughter's always complaining about all the kids that were in her household. And so that's the reason why... So why were you trying to leave your daughter place. there that weekend still? Why were you still trying to have her take care of your daughter? I wasn't. I was... Yeah, all, you were. I, was I know you were. Don't say no. I know you were. You were saying, I'll let you know what I'm going to do. And she says, you can't fire me. I quit already. Like, that's what she was telling you because oh, you were still weekend. trying to get your daughter... So it sounds like maybe... You were doing, you filed that complaint because you did file a complaint with the government in order to get her in trouble because she would no longer take care of your daughter, not because you had legitimate concerns about the child care. What ends up happening with the complaint she files? She files a complaint with the government, and what do they do? They come. I definitely let them in because I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Um, now, at first, there was an issue because the kids here, um, they're my second cousins. So at first they try to say, no, it has to be first blood relative. Otherwise, you know, you are uh, not in, I guess, you're in violation. So I did tell them, I'm like, oh, I'm going to appeal that because I'm not going to let you come in my house and tell me, like, what degree my family have to be or something like that. Like, that's outrageous. So I told them, like, as soon as I get the um, letter in the mail, I'm going to get my paperwork and I'm going to appeal it. Well, the next day, and this is kind of the unfortunate part. I get a call from somebody from that office kind of towards the evening, leaving me a message asking me to call back. So I don't know what they want now, you know. So I call them back, can't get to nobody till Wednesday. Finally, Wednesday, they call me and say, we're so sorry. A second, you know, a second degree relative is a relative. You're compliant and then they sent me the email to just prove that I'm, you know. Did I they ever visit it. your house? They visited your house, oh, yeah. right? I let him in. I let yeah. him in. I let him in every room. And See, the way these complaints, like the way these complaints work is they can only take a spot check a moment in time. And so they go to the house and they see whether it's in compliance at that moment or isn't, and then they uh, they rule on on the complaint. Now you went further, Ms. Jones, and you actually complained to the website care. Is, was it care.com? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, and you filed a complaint with to... them, right? No, I did not. I, I wasn't able to change like my review on her. 
because the fact that I already posted a review like way, way earlier when she was first started watching my daughter. And so for you to do that, like, you have to call like customer service, they have to take down the review and it's, I didn't do none of that. Okay, and now Ms. Uh, Charmaine, you're literally suing based on having her, based on the fact that she filed a complaint with the government and that she filed a complaint with care.com. She's saying she didn't file a complaint with care.com. So let's talk about that first. What proof do you have that she did? I did submit proof um, from the website. I mean, they sent me an email. They had my profile removed. They said that they can't tell me the details of what she said. That's right. That's not proof. Reason. That's proof your profile was removed. That's, and I realize she's kind of the main suspect. But she's saying she didn't. And if you don't have something to show me that she did, and not just that she did, but that what she submitted was false, it was a false statement. Uh, if you don't have that, you can't really collect on what ends up happening with care.com. If they decide that they have like a hair trigger and they have zero tolerance of anything, I don't know what their standards are, but you can't complain about it. There's other sites you can go on. I don't know how many, you, uh, you, you can't, re how many kids can you have? Because if, you can if you're not licensed and you can only have X, I'm not sure that a website is your thing anyway, but you can't collect on that in this lawsuit because you can't even meet the threshold of proving what it is she filed. She's denying it, and you don't have anything from care.com. Now let's talk about the government. She acknowledges, you acknowledge you filed a complaint with the government, right, that she was unlicensed. Yeah. Magically, that bothered you a year later. Okay, a year and a half later. All right, so even though I think that's stinky, right, and I think it's kind of childish, and I... I, I think that the back and forth on the emails is childish, and I've, I've given her grief over it. Tell me how it is that she did something false. She did something that caused you a hassle, but what was false? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I mean, they came in and they actually said, hey, you're in violation. And then they said, oh, wait, wait, you know what? You're right. Bully for you. You fought them. You said, you're not going to tell me what's family, what's not. I love it. All right. And, um, and you won. But what did she do false? She filed a complaint saying there's too many kids, which even the government thought there were. And they made you prove it up. You had to give them affidavits that you weren't getting paid for the cousins and all kinds of stuff. And then you cleaned it up. And that's great. But l going to court and collecting money is about showing me a legal obligation that she had to you that she breached. Calling the government and saying she has too many kids, which it sounded like you did, was a legitimate thing. I mean, not, let me, it was a, it's fair game, is what I'm, I'm saying. Because if you did have too many kids, then the government should be coming and giving you grief. So it's fair game. It's tasteless, but it's fair yeah. game. So you can't the collect $1,000 for harassment or defamation because you can't even prove the defamation. Now, on your, what are you suing her for for $2,000? What exactly are you suing her for? Well, okay. well, when I sent her the text message that my daughter was no longer going to come, she then sends me multiple messages and then starts emailing me 
after the, all those emails, after I start responding to her, she goes and, uh, and starts texting my friend that she used to watch her son for and started bashing me and talking about me how if you're still friends with Nicole, you shouldn't be because she called DSS on me. And I submitted that to you guys. Hold on one second. Did, who are you, Miss Jermaine? Who are you and texting in this uh, screenshot? Yeah, I can, I can tell you. I don't have no problem telling you what conversation I had. First of all, Angela used to be a client of mine, so we know her mutually. It ain't like I'm just going to somebody that she know. Okay, and when she listen, I know we ended our business agreement, but I like you as a person, so I'm just warning you, if you still deal with Nicole, you need to be careful. I gave her the option of waiting 20 minutes instead of waking my house multiple 20 minutes early. She didn't want to. We agreed to end the service, and she filed a DSS, I can't see the rest of it, um, a DSS complaint. complaint. Okay, so uh, how does that mean you get $2,000 from her? She is doing the same thing what? you did. She's saying the truth to somebody about what she thinks about you. It's a free country. She's got freedom of speech. Why would that entitle you to $2,000? I'll tell you how. She's telling it her doesn't. So in your lawsuit against her, zero. And in your lawsuit against her, also zero. Good luck, ladies. Well, in this case, it involved uh, two people suing each other for harassment and defamation. Neither party wins. They both get zip. So let's find out how they feel about it. I'm sure they're not happy. Ms. Charmaine, how do you feel? I'm honestly not upset. I really just wanted somebody to tell her that her conduct was inappropriate as far as calling DSS for, you know, not really valid reasons. So, I mean, that's really what I care about. And her not bothering me anymore. Well, good luck, too. Sorry you lost. Thank Same you. to you, Ms. Jones. You lost, but how do you feel about the outcome? I mean, I feel so good about it. She was very petty and very unprofessional. After I stopped texting her, she wants to go emailing me and go talking to the whole world about the whole situation. She knew she was in Iran. She knew she had over 10 kids in her household, and that none of them are not family. None of those kids are not family of hers at all. Only two of them, which are her sons. I'm happy this is all over with. Okay. Well, that's the end of the case, and you don't get anything either. So sorry about that. All right. Let's see what the judges feel about this case now. Let's uh, watch and listen as the ju judges uh, have another session of After the Verdict. Here they are. I'm, I'm watching and listening, and the plaintiff in this case, Charmaine, seems so professional and so capable. She's got kids of her own. Why should the government throw up obstacles and say, well, no, no, now you got to have some training or you got to pay a licensing fee or you got to do this? We already have child welfare agencies that are there to go into any school, any home, any business if someone's not being treated properly. Is that really necessary or is it just uh, close the shop up and make throw up obstacles to entrepreneurs and people who are trying to make an honest living? Um, what is the enforcement here? They go right. one day, which is all they can't, I mean, they could go several days, but they go one day, they look around, looks good to me, and they leave. Right. So I'm not, I'm not sure, I mean, that I, I actually like the idea of having to have training. Um, I think so many people just sidestep it anyway. Right, that right. I, I, I don't feel the same uh, right. sadness that you feel about it. I don't know. I think, you know, they don't really, I think those licensing schemes, they don't protect consumers and children. What they do is they protect the people who already have a license and they keep the other folks out and make it harder That's for interesting. them to get in and That's compete. That's interesting. But, you know. That's interesting. And I guess ostensibly they also make it, make it harder for mothers and fathers right. to get right. childcare. Right. Um, although I honestly, ju I just think people just say, well, you watch my kid here's the money. No, right, people right, don't. Right. It isn't until everything hits a fan that all of a sudden but, everybody gets but, all legal and technical. I know, but shouldn't somebody like Charmaine just be able to do that? And, how, and, and for how many money? kids? Uh, 
Well, I don't know. Maybe exactly. a whole bunch. Maybe right. a whole bunch. Right, but, but a whole bunch what? What, do 13 of them, 15 of them, right. 16 of them? I mean, there's got to be some. I agree, but child Even care, if it's relatives, it's still got to be some. Child care things like this in, in a home are ways for people, especially people of lesser means or, or who don't have secondary education, maybe a college degree, can get started, become an entrepreneur, and start a business, right? No, I get it. I get it. So Sharon wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. When I was a summer associate at a New York City law firm, I had the honor of meeting Mayor Ed Koch. What were your impressions of him? Because he was a judge on the show, obviously. Um, what was he like when he was off the bench and in private? Because he was always so feisty when you saw him on TV. You know, he was a really kind, great guy. And boy, was he Mr. New York. Because every time we went out and had lunch or dinner or whatever, I am telling you, the restaurant would stop dead in its tracks. People would go crazy. They'd come up to him. And he was just so nice to everybody and would really talk to them. And it wasn't talking to them because he felt he had to. He really liked people and liked talking to them. He was an awesome guy. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Lizeth. She says she rented an apartment from the defendant who was a very difficult person and a bad landlord. Regardless, when she moved out, she left the place in perfect condition. And the defendant has no right keeping $1,315 of her security. So she's suing. This is the defendant, Nancy. She says the plaintiff was a complete nightmare tenant who had all sorts of problems with the police. The place is now infested with cockroaches, and she has every right keeping her money for the damages she caused. She's accused being a difficult landlord. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says she rented the place from the defendant who turned out to be uh, the nightmare landlord of all time, and now she wants her money back. But the defendant says that the plaintiff was a troublemaker who had the police there at all times of the night, and her place is now infested with cockroaches. It's the case of being a difficult diva. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Lizeth, you rented an apartment from the defendant, Ms. Nancy, for how long? No, almost a year. Okay. And at the end of the year, uh, you ended up having to stay, like, maybe just a little bit longer? Was that it? Or you were staying just the duration of the year? No, even a little bit less than the year. Okay, but your lease was actually from when to when? My lease uh, was from February 17, 2019 to February 18, 2020. Okay, so when you moved in, you paid first, last, and security, correct? Yes. And then, of course, you lived your first. Did you pay rent on February 10th? Did you pay rent, or did you use your last month's rent for that? I used the last month, yeah. I The last time that right. I paid rent. You're saying, I want money back because I moved out on the 28th, but you're... But you had started to live a month, so I'm not sure you're entitled to that. Once you start to live a few days out of the month, you don't get to say, hey, I moved out early, so give me back money. That's not how it works. So really what's in play is your security deposit of $750. And Ms. Nancy, I would like to understand why it is that you're keeping this lady's security deposit. Well, she moved in there. And when she moved in there, she, she was bought by a realtor. 
I told the realtor that I wanted the apartment rented with the furniture. And she came in and she said she didn't want any of the furniture. And she made me throw out all the furniture. And I had to get somebody to dispose of the How big was the, the gun furniture. that she put to your head to make you throw out the furniture? She said to me, very, very. Did she put a gun upset. to your head? No, then, she didn't. then don't. Then really, all you have to do is say no. It's furnished. I mean, if your realtor told her that she'll be able to bring in her own furniture, yell at your realtor. That's not on her. But go on. I understand. I understand. Okay. Anyway, she came in. The place was painted clean, and the place was absolutely in spotless condition. According to the lease and the association. There are no pets allowed. When I came in there, she said she didn't have any pets. A couple of days later, um, I went back into the apartment, and she had this huge, huge cat. And I said to her, Where, you know, you're not allowed to have pets in here. She said that she was taking care of the pet for a family member and that she was going to give it back to him. She actually didn't tell me the truth. So she kept the cat all that time there. How do you know she kept the cat all that time there? Because I had uh, Alberto coming in doing some work in the apartment all the time. He worked in the association. And he would tell you that? And he came in and he said, the cat is this. I said to him, it's a cat there. Does she have a cat? And I was there in January and I went in there and the cat was there. And I said to her, you can't, you know, you're Did you not allowed anything? to keep yeah, the what cat. Did you say? I said well, to her, is that the homeowner's rules? Because in the, I noticed that in the lease that you gave her to sign, you didn't mark no pets. You left it blank. It's a homeowner's rule, not mine. Yeah, you should, but you should always mark that on your leases when you rent out to somebody that there's no pets. The lease was made out by the realtor for the apartment rental. Yeah, I understand. But if, you're, but if your realtor is preparing a lease for your signature and you don't like it, tell them, hey, why isn't this marked that says no pets? and mark it yourself before you sign it, right? You could do that, right? In any event, um, tell me about the damages, which is the only thing that would entitle you to keep the security deposit portion here. What are the damages? When she moved out, there were cat hairs all over the house. So much cat hair, according to the new person that's renting, that she said that you could have made a fur coat out of it. It was all over the air condition, all of the air conditioning was clogged, the filter with cat hair. Uh, there was kit litter, kitty litter left all over the place. The place smelled terrible. Okay, this picture here uh, that I'm looking at, you took an appliance out, right? And that's yes, what was under the, the appliance. What did you take out yes. there? Well, okay. I'm, if you, if you pull my refrigerator out, I don't know what's underneath there. Nobody cleans under the refrigerator. What is this a picture of, the stove? Yes. Stove, right? Why, why do you have to replace a stove? What am I looking at here that would tell me what she did to it that would make her have to pay for you to replace a stove? Because this, the stove was in working condition, so was the refrigerator, everything was working fine. And, and then all of a sudden, the new person that came in said, the stove is not working, the burners are not working in the back, the stove well, is... Well, why would that... Uh, just a second, just a open. second. Let's assume for a moment that Lizbeth had called you and said the stove is not working. Who'd be paying for that? You would be paying to make the stove work. Yes. You would have yes. to replace it. That's a landlord's responsibility. So why would I ever I let understand. you keep her security deposit? Well, no, you don't, because if you did, you wouldn't tell me that that's part of why you kept the security deposit. So let's 
go down. So obviously this needed a cleaning, I get that. Uh, and I'm, yeah, this needs a cleaning, but what else did you keep the security deposit for? Plaster, touch up and paint throughout the apartment, repair window blinds, discard miscellaneous trash and pet waste. Are there any pictures of miscellaneous trash and pet waste that she left behind? Because I didn't see them. No, he didn't, get, he didn't give me any pictures. Perform exterminating duties for found fleas and roaches. Perform exterminating right. duties for found fleas and roaches. Snake and clear plumbing lines and shower to remove hair and debris from drain lines. Repair closet door track and hinges. Replace front and rear locks. Wall right. damages back door. Blind repairs, replacement of front and rear locks. Was there damage to a sliding door? Yes. Uh, let me explain. Uh, one day I get a phone call from her telling me that somebody broke into the apartment. And I said, who? It's a gated community. They do not let anybody in there unless you live there. That I get a phone call that somebody had broken into her apartment. And I said, how is that possible? Did you call the police? I was very worried because I have daughters too, you know, and I was worried. I said, oh, my God, can you please let me know? Call the police and let them find out. Maybe they could fingerprint and find out what, who went in there. Well, she never called the police. And then Alberto, the handyman, goes in the next day because she said she needed the locks changed and everything else. He says to me, it doesn't look like somebody broke into the apartment. It looked like somebody had a key. And then they broke the real Right, but why is Alberto door? telling you that when I have pictures of the broken sliding door? Somebody ripped it. Yeah, but they came in through the front. The front door was not ripped or, or they didn't... Right, but how do you know they came in through the front door? Just a second. How do you know they came in through the front door when there is when the, the lock is ripped on the back door? What would make sense is that they came in through the back through the sliding door. Because the lock is ripped it on looked, it. It looked like somebody looked like... What happened? You got burglarized, doing it. Ms. Lizbeth. You got burglarized, correct? Yes. Yes, I did. I did call the police. They came twice, and I had yeah. the, the evidence of that. What did they take? Apparently, the only thing they took were sex toys? Yes. Um, does this... This kind of sounds like a boyfriend, maybe? Like an... Inst like... Yes. Uh, it sounds I honestly so don't know. I know it's very specific. I, I was single at that time. I don't know who did it. I still at that time. But today I didn't. I don't know. I asked for the video okay. surveillance to the building. I didn't get it. Right. And, and you didn't get it? They didn't give it to you? No. I have a question for you, Ms. Nancy. Tell me, how long have you been a landlord in Florida? Uh, maybe six years. Okay. Uh, at any point in time, did you send uh, Ms. Lizbeth a letter telling her of your intent to lay a claim on her security deposit? I called her on the phone. I said to her, I cannot give you anything back until Alberto okay, and Ms. somebody Nancy, comes to see the Ms. apartment. Nancy, Ms. Nancy, Ms. Nancy, have yes. you since learned, because she educated you, because she got yes. educated on it, which can't be that hard if you just go online and put in Florida Landlord. You will find chapter 83. It is a finite number of pages long. There is no landlord anywhere in this country that should not print out their laws that pertain to the responsibilities of you as a landlord. 
because in most states, when you fail to do something, there's a pretty big consequence to it. And one of the very specific obligations of a landlord in Florida, and I know you know, even if you haven't researched it, you know because I saw in an email that the plaintiff sent it to you. You have X amount of days to send her written notice with a laundry list of exactly what you are deducting and why. It is not enough to tell a tenant, ah, you left the place a wreck, and we'll see how much, if anything, you're going to get. That's not enough. You're supposed to file the letter, and you really should send it certified mail so you can prove you sent the letter. So you never sent her a letter, and do you know what that means? What? Means that you would have to file, you, you can absolutely not lay claim to the security deposit unless you file your own lawsuit against her for it, which you have not done. So, no, based on your failure you know to what? abide by Florida law, I, just, I don't care why you did it. I don't care if you didn't because you didn't feel like it, or if you didn't because you didn't know, or if you didn't because you felt like she, you were right. None of that matters. What matters is that every single landlord has to follow the rule, and that is the rule. First, I didn't know, and second along, my daughter passed. I lost my 46-year-old daughter on March 25th. I'm so sorry. Uh, 2020. I'm so sorry. And I told her, I said, I can't do anything because my daughter died. I, I, in close down New York, we couldn't get over there, couldn't do anything. And she knew it. I'm but so she was, sorry. She did. She did. <laughs> You, I can I'm show you my daughter's death certificate. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it because at the end of the day, Ms. Lisbeth didn't do anything to you. How does she do anything to you? You're, you kept no. your security deposit, and there's only one legal issue in front I of me, kept which is whether you're entitled to. And based on the law, you are not entitled to keep the security deposit if you do not follow the law. I it's not, oh, do. the judge decides. I understand. Do you understand, though? I understand that things got, got you know, that you had much bigger things on your plate. It's yes. just that I don't get to say, oh, I'll forgive you not following the law here. There's no such animal where a judge can say to a landlord, oh, just tell me why you didn't. Oh, okay, that's a really good reason. That just doesn't exist. And Ms. Lisbeth, you, uh, aside from that $750, you are also suing for $400 of a security deposit that you gave directly to the Homeowners Association. You've got to sue them for that. You can't sue her for that. She doesn't represent them. She has nothing to do with them. And the $165 that you're suing for an exterminator that you hired of your own accord because you felt that their exterminator at the Homeowners Association wasn't working well enough, that's kind of on you. Um, you knew back then that she didn't agree to pay for it, and then you went ahead and didn't deduct it from the rent. You can't just change your mind now that you're angry. So $750, verdict for the plaintiff. Well, in this dispute over security deposit, primarily, uh, the defendant loses the, uh, the apartment manager because she didn't follow the law. Ms. Nancy, let me ask you about that. I know you had some rough period of time, and, and I, I, we're very sorry about that, but you can't withhold her security deposit any longer. You've got to give it back to her. I have never had a tenant like this, never. I don't rent to people like, th like that. All right. And I'm a spotless well, that's landlord, and spotless. I'm sorry, but you've lost the case. Okay. All right, let's talk to Lizeth, the, uh, the plaintiff in this case. Ma'am, you, you win 
on a technicality, really, she didn't, she, you didn't have to prove anything to her. She said you kept the pat, cat there the whole time when, uh, when you really weren't supposed to. Um, what about that? Do you feel bad about doing that? No, I don't feel bad at all because that's not true. I mean, I didn't want to interrupt her or anything, but she knew all the way about my cat from the beginning. The realtor knew I have um, an emotional support letter because it's an emotional support cat. And actually, the building, they do allow cats. They don't allow dogs, but they do allow cats. Well, obviously, she doesn't know that either. All right. Well, listen, congratulations. You got $750, not the $1,300 you were seeking. Very interesting case. Florida law is very specific and particular when it comes to security deposit litigation. Landlords have an obligation. They have to give it back to you. If they're giving it all to you, I think it's within 15 days. If they're going to withhold some or part of it, they have to give you a certified letter within 30 days, and it has to specify how much they're withholding, why they're withholding it, the reasons, etc. So if you don't comply with that, this is where you end up. But, you know, Florida does allow you to file your own lawsuit as opposed to laying claim to the security deposit. So a lot of times I'll have these cases resolved because they'll, in, in a way where the, the uh, landlord uh, counterclaims or has filed their own lawsuit, um, and none of that ended up happening here because I, I think she just didn't, either didn't realize or she should have realized because the plaintiff sent it to her. But uh, just didn't feel well. The she problem to was, abide. Uh, God bless her. She had a very serious thing going on in her life. She had to bury her child. I mean, my God. Yeah. So uh, for her to have let this get by or slip her mind, I guess, is pretty understandable. It is, uh, and hopefully she understands that it's understandable that that's not an exception to right. Right. Yeah, the law requires you to comply, and if you right. don't, you're out of luck. Okay, Adam from Los Angeles wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, I read a story that said Dustin Hoffman was a big fan of the People's Court, and he often requested copies of the show. Is that true? Dustin Hoffman was indeed a fan of the show. And in case you guys didn't know, especially for you youngins out there, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise started a movie called Rain Man. And in Rain Man, and that, I believe that was the first or second year of the people's court the original people's court and in that movie he dustin hoffman hoffman famously would say three minutes to wapner three minutes to wapner two minutes to wapner and it became a thing a thing in america actually and it was so cool and i remember thinking to myself my god am i lucky that sue billet who owns that show asked me to be the legal consultant at the time because wow that was just amazing to me and then I found out, by the way, not only did Dustin Hoffman love the show and sometimes request, you know, tapes or whatever, but guess who else loved the People's Court and almost always watched it? Thurgood Marshall, Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, would watch the show as much as he could almost every day from inside his chambers at the United States Supreme Court building. So let me say, I am honored to be on this show. And we'll see you next time.